Welcome to the Boisterous Brothers. I'm George Rockwell Schmidt, and I'm here with Damien Benedict, who's looking very tired today. How are you, Damien? Very tired, very tired. Always, always tired. Um, tired I'm, and fed up. Always. No, but no, no, yeah. no, but, but happy. No, no but, but tired yes. and no, but, fed up. No, but, yeah. Miserable, yeah. but tired, but happy. Yeah. But happy. Yeah. It's because we did some drinking last week, and oh no. Uh, Too yeah. many baby shams. Yeah, definitely. I can't bounce back like I used to. I know. God. I'm waiting for that. How many, um, I was going to say, how many baby shams have you ever drunk? Have you ever had a baby sham? Maybe. Is that? No, I'm thinking of Buck's Fizz. Champagne with orange juice. I don't know what that's baby sham. That's Buck Fizz. I've yeah. never had a baby sham. Baby sham. Baby champagne. Baby sham. Um, well, please do elaborate. I mean, so, baby sham. So what they do is you get different types of baby sham. The cheaper baby sham is like the fourth or fifth press. But the the first baby sham is the first press. So you get if you get the first press baby sham, it's really good because you get the first press babies. Right. Right. Okay. But you know, if you got fourth or fifth, you just get the sludge. Uh, well, or the, for, or the for, brain for, detail. For a, second, for a second, I really thought I might have been. I, this might have been informative in any kind of way. <laughs> I might have learned something new. But what, what did I expect? I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, we'll have to look at what baby sham is. We'll come back to you on the second part about what it is. We'll get the researcher on there. What would no, our, I don't think R and D is going to pull their weight what, this week. What would our researcher be if we had a researcher? Dominic. No. Monica, I, I feel it's like one of those names. Yeah. Dominic or Monica. Reginald, I, I quite like. Reginald, that's yeah. like their dad. I don't care. Just Dominic like and Reg- Monica, I, yeah. That's like the name Reginald. Dominic and Monica, sometimes they come in with a note from Reginald saying that they can't do something to do Reginald sounds like their supervisor, right? That, 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 that kind of works in my head, you know? Yeah. He also sounds like someone who was like a captain in 1950s uniform when there were all these like scares of saucer men coming down and stuff like that. He had a very, very austere moustache. Yeah. I, I mean, we can all get down with. It was a pencil moustache, but like even now, it's not a moustache you would laugh at. Like it, it immediately commands not just respect, but quite a bit of fear. Yeah. I remember I was walking around. He still has his, what was it, um, regulation haircut. That's right, yeah. I mean, and he doesn't cut it anymore. He hasn't cut it in 20 years. It's just disciplined mm-hmm. into staying that length. I remember I was walking around Tesco's once. Tesco's is a big supermarket for anyone who isn't from the UK or is from the future after te- Tesco's has folded. Tesco's has become Tekken. And I remember seeing this like bright red man who must have been 60 years old. He had jet black hair, which was obviously dyed. He was in a pinstripe suit, which looked like something out of Fat Sam Speakeasy or something. And he had a pencil mustache. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he looked fucking hilarious, but he also looked utterly boss. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like he could have knocked you out, put, put him under your arm and just like, you know, made a log cabin out of you or something. Nice. Yeah. So you didn't laugh at him then? You, you played, you, I, I did, you... but like this... kind of like you know with my temples throbbing and everything so we always thought stood we always start boisterous brothers with a anecdote and yes yeah and it's it's my turn i'm going to talk about um uh my old boss at um a pub that i used to work at (laughs) a couple of years ago um and reginald i suppose i should give him a name so yeah reginald i think uh, Uh, no we've got to differentiate all right, Reggie. Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've already run out of ideas. He, he's gone from a 1950s sergeant major to a very cool six foot four black man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, With a southern accent. Yeah, he's none of those things. Um, he's actually a large ginger gay. <laughs> okay. It is kind of it, uh, it, part of the story. It's pertinent. Yeah. Um, he's, right. It was. If anyone's ever offended by anything Damien ever says, just remember that he is gay. Yeah, very, very, yeah. very gay. For me. 
That's what you tell yourself anyway. <laughs> yeah. like every night before you go to bed, please, please, Damien, be gay for me. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so um, I think he was what mid late forties and something like that. Uh-huh. And um, do you know his bra size? No, I don't. But it would have been substantial. He was a, as I say, a larger fellow. Right. Um, but it's uh, yeah, he was a lovely bloke, and I got to know him quite a bit of the three or four months that I worked at this place. Um, right. And and what did you work as? I was a chef. At the, well, kind of. Uh, it was pub chef at that point. Right. So. You were a chef in a in a pub. Yeah, it was like yeah. a gastro pub. No, not at all. No, it was okay, just right. pub pub. Right. Um, and he, yeah, he, I, I learned quite a bit about him. He had like he had three uh, three kids. Uh-huh. Um, the oldest of which was probably about our age, something like that, in the right. military. So mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um he came out quite late in his life. Um he uh, just kind of left a sort of marriage and whatnot. Um and yeah, as I say he was estranged from his oldest son. He kind of had a bit of a hard rap um uh-huh. coming out when he did being a homosexual and all that kind of stuff. Right. But um I didn't hear what I'm going to tell you which was oh was kind of shocking. It didn't come from me, but it came from another guy that I worked with in that um, pub that he'd worked with for quite a few years. Right. Who started as an apprentice, so he uh-huh. took under his wing a little bit yeah. and really... So they really knew each other. Yeah, they were very quite close. Um, yeah. But this was um, after my boss kind of left just before I did, and this other guy told me the story about... So him. Reggie left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Like, like a few weeks before I did, he And he'd of... been there for ages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, Is it interesting why he left or he just left? No, he just went. He found a better else. job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not, okay. It wasn't scandalous. But yeah, right. Um, scandalous. But this guy, uh, he told me um, that uh, when he came out and his marriage was, you know, he was getting his divorce, um, he used to uh, he used to go dogging quite a bit. Right. Um, hey, maybe you should explain what that is. Uh, basically, you just kind of hook up with a stranger in like essentially the forest on on your car. Yeah, it's usually a parking lot, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like you go, you drive there to the middle of nowhere. It's like a parking lot on the side of a motorway. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just anonymous sex, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and there was, he picked someone up. I don't know why. I don't know how the shit went down. Where he met him in a bar or or wherever. Yeah. Um, two days later. When he was picking up his 15-year-old son from school, uh-huh. that he saw him again. Uh-huh. And he was essentially one of his son's classmates. <gasps> yeah. Oh, He had absolutely shit. no idea. And he, he, he... Fuck. And he was 15 then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, un- he was underage. And, like, he absolutely shat his fucking pants. Yeah. I fucking bet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You'd go to prison for that, wouldn't you? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Yeah, you would. Oh, my fuck. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I mean, the guy obviously swore me to, swore me to fucking secrecy. I mean, I, I quite liked... Uh, and here we are. Yeah. Well, we're keeping it anonymous, you know. Yeah. Reggie, that, that totally wasn't his name. <laughs> um, but, oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. My heart absolutely fucking sank when I found that out. Good God. Yeah, well, I suppose it's a... It's an honest mistake, isn't it? I guess, you know. I guess, but what I'm kind of, what was my concern, it's not that, like, what he, what uh, Reggie was doing per se, but, like, the 15-year-old that was, like, that, that kind of... I yeah, how did, wait, who, who, somebody must have dropped him off in the car. I guess, I don't, again, I don't know the specifics of how they met, I don't know if it was in a bar or anything like that. It wasn't but, a Grinder app or something, Grindr. No, I think it's, it's a bit before Grinder. Um, right. This must have been, like, five or six years ago, I think. 
there you go. You know, um, not to kind of get too heavy, uh, but um, uh, obviously, as you know, and, and again, you know, this isn't like my heart bleeding story or anything. But as you know, I, I write a lot, and I've written oh. written a series of uh, of unpublished novels, which I'm hoping to kind of publish in 2017. Scores of them. On yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, teenage heartthrob love stories. Uh, no, I've got like um, I think maybe three. I'm aiming to publish in 2017 on Amazon. Right, and oh, they're, I, the, they're the, they're the uh, choose your own adventure. Yeah, novels, aren't right, they? yeah, right. <laughs> Like I'd know, love it if you made something like that. I, I, re- I probably will one day. Yeah, I, I would quite enjoy that. But all the like the choices are really horrible, you know. Um, uh, and uh, the first one I wrote called the Red House, which it will be that name when it comes out. Uh, it starts off with I realised I was a sodomite. It's set in the old times, you see. I realised I was a sodomite when I was five years old, and it's because uh, once I, I went taking photographs of a protest around Trafalgar, and in, I ended up in London's oldest gay pub. Right, and I got talking to a guy there, and he said, "I realised I was a faggot when I was five years old, and I was raped, and I loved it." Fuck yeah, you have told me that story it, before, and that fuck that was yeah. chilling. Yeah, that was chilling. Yeah, so um, I guess things like that. I mean, he didn't rape this guy, did he? So, no, no, it was all it was all consensual. No, but, I, mean, I mean, statutory, statutory, statutory rape. Right? Yeah. yeah, but oh well, I I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, yeah, it's just. I guess he was kind of tricked. Sort yeah, of. kind of. Because I, I, the guy, um, Reggie, um, he, he wasn't like a predator. Well, it wasn't predatory, I suppose. Um, he didn't. He, I mean, you, you never really know. But he was not, as, as far as I could tell, a dark-hearted person at all. I no. mean, I'm sure, like this is something that he has kept buried up with so much fucking regret. Yeah, I mean, right. it's just like it was just so fucking unfortunate for that dude. And this is the point where he's obviously his marriage was dissolving. His son was now suddenly estranged. I mean, I, I, oh, I almost wow. wept for the guy. I really did. He had so much against him. Oh, welcome to the light-hearted comedy podcast. Yeah, I the know. Boisterous brothers. <laughs> it's time for the news. Oh, hello, the boisterous brothers. This week, the Queen of Britain and Northern Ireland and various other places at one time or another didn't die, circumventilating many unspoken expectations. Michelle Obama gave a brief and stoic farewell speech as she prepares to leave the White House and take up a part-time job in Home Depot to tie her over in between bridge games and tea with the Bushes, but not Billy Bush. Also, a senior Israeli diplomat threatened to take down British Foreign Office Minister Alan Duncan in what is being perceived as a jovial threat or seriously bizarre statement of attraction. Yours reportedly. Lieutenant Colonel Anonymous Bilgewater. This is a crossover episode wherein Fraser receives a psychiatric evaluation from Mr. Monk. This episode explains that Mr. Monk has gone into hiding after the discovery that his former boss was Buffalo Bill. Mr. Monk hides assuming the identity of the Indian man from Johnny Five, who died under circumstances not elaborated in this episode. Fraser revolts at Mr. Monk's criticism of him and burns Mr. Monk's earthly possessions and outs Mr. Monk as Mr. Monk. Shortly thereafter, Mr. Monk is not seen again. So, that is the Fraser episode with Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk, yes. Tony Chalhoubel. Yeah, I never really figured out how to... Uh, Tony Chalhoubel. <laughs> <laughs> We're just doing Jimmy from yeah. South Park. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, uh, I have a little song about Mr. Monk. Do you want to hear it? Oh, why not? Let's 
fucking bring this mood out of the fucking dirt. Okay, but you, you need to give me a bit of a beat with your mouth. Mm. Mm. No, mm. no, no. You gotta give. You know, you gotta give me the monk theme tune, right? <laughs> right. I can't really. But I can't remember the Randy Newman one. You talk about. Well, the... I'll sing it and you hum along. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know Mr. Mr. Monk? Because that was the name of the show, wasn't yeah. it? Mr. Monk. It was the only show to win uh, a Grammy for its intro music in its first season, and then change its intro music oh, in the really? second season, and win a Grammy again in its second All right, season. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think Randy Newman was was, was kind of a, I would say cheap shot, but definitely a, quite a safe bet for the second Grammy. Right. So, okay, so I'll sing it, right? So, okay. there's a jungle out there. Oh, no, that's the real one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good uh, Randy Newman impression as well. You can do better. There's a jungle out there. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you got a friend of me. <laughs> you can really tell it's that guy as well. Um, there's a clever, clean Mr. Bean. It's Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. Come on, hum. There's a clever, clean Mr. Bean. It's Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. He fights crime with Mr. Sheen. It's Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. Whenever you're alone and you are quite alone, there'll be a Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. He fights crime and things with a cloth. I yeah, you, know, you just kind of. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Well, when you like first kind of ran that, well, say ran that by me, fucking listen to me. Six years but, ago. Uh, when you like, yeah, first pitched that, I always uh, used to think of the fucking Freakazoid yes, theme tune. Yes, that's what it is. The Freakazoid thing is the Mr. Monk thing. That's, yeah. Da 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 Yeah, you, okay, you do that. All right, ready? Da 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 Okay, okay. One, two, three. He's a clever, clean Mr. Bean. It's Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. He fights crime with Mr. Sheen. It's Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. Wherever you're alone. Yeah, right. Well, that was fantastic. Yes, there we go. Yeah. That, that covers that fucking segment. <laughs> we're not going to... We've, we've clearly peaked, so if we continue on, we're only going to embarrass ourselves. I think that we have violated many copyrights. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck it. YouTube yeah. don't care. You know, as long as I'm going to hide it. Mm. Um, so, Mr. Monk, I remember he is playing an Indian man. Yeah, so talk I about liable fucking <laughs> issues, yeah. It's, I think, on paper it was supposed to be uh, Indian, but it was uh, quite an atrocious accent. <laughs> quite an atrocious accent, yeah. <laughs> sure, he can laugh. <laughs> but can he do an accent? Can you do an Indian accent? Not at all. I, I can. Please do I can say one thing in a perfect Indian accent. Go on. You are miserable, but be good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was how I would like... I'd say, like, find my centre with this accent, but it's obviously fucking atrocious, but we would say that all the time. You're That's miserable, Bandicoot. You're miserable, Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, so he does an atrocious Indian accent. Mm -hmm. Right, can I ask you, is he kind of... Have they made him darker? Yeah, I, I, that was... Yeah, I mean... I, I couldn't work out if, like, they just put, a like, a dim light on him or something, but he's definitely got darker skin. Yeah. There. They might does. have, like, just some a touch of the blackface going on. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I mean you it's know, that because I've... I, it there's hardly any Indians, you know, to... Hardly any Indians in America or elsewhere, you know, you, you need a white guy to do yeah, it. Naturally, yeah, naturally, yeah. Fuck, you know. I mean, it's like uh, um, fucking Johnny Five as well. Fisher Stevens and that, who plays... I don't know, remember his name, but... Uh, uh -huh. Boogly Boogly Guy. For lack <laughs> Jesus of a better... Christ. Well, I mean, that is essentially the level his accent is at, really. What, but what are you talking about? Ugly Boogly. Ugly Boogly. Is that an Indian thing? Ugly Boogly. No, it's just like a... It's just fucking standard kind of Indian racism that, you know... <laughs> So, like, if if, you, if it was a black guy, you'd say Umbongo or something. 
Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd say like fried chicken and watermelon. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that. No. Yeah, it's just the same as saying, "Hey, I'm Russian. I like the vodka." Or, yeah, this was Hello, I'm English. I like for vodka. argument's sake, merely for argument's sake. But I mean, cross so many a, lines. But he was another guy um, with an atrocious, atrocious Indian accent. Who again, they kind of blacked out quite a bit. Right. I. You know what? I. I know who you mean in the Johnny mm-hmm. Five movies. I thought he was Indian. But it's been like ten years since I've seen them. No, oh, no, he's he's very he's very much American, uh, very much white American. You know? Oh, was he? Yeah, he was in Mario Brothers. He was one of the stupid fucking sidekicks. You know? Uh, was it? Oh, oh he no. was Hale King Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. All oh, right, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, he's fucking rubbish, isn't he? <laughs> you love Mario Brothers, though. You I lo- do. You love him in the Mario Brothers. Uh he's the one thing that holds it back from a perfect score, if you ask me. Yeah. Because the of one the, thing, the, the, yeah. the baggage from Johnny Five, naturally. Right. Yes. Just yeah, because he, it's a perfect performance in Super Mario Brothers. It's just the baggage. Mm-hmm. It's just like the cultural baggage. It's yeah. like having Mel Gibson in a film about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be excellent in it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's got that baggage. And I think that we probably have now as well, thanks yes. to you. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no, no, no. Not what, what are you talking about? Well, thanks to me. I just I'm oh. trying to just wipe my name off this as fast as I can. So what do you have to say about Johnny Shalhoub in uh, in Frasier? He's not very good. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's really it's really bad. It's kind of feel like uh, Frasier should have been a bit smarter than that. Well, going on to Mr. Monk then. Yes, Frasier should have been smarter. That that is the through line of Frasier. Going on to Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. It's not called Mr. Monk, is it? It's just called Monk. He's the guy, he's the detective whose gimmick is he has to clean things. He's got OCD. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, You got any sort of OCD? Just wanking. Yeah, just, well, yeah I mean, well, it's not like, racism. Dis- I don't really call that a disorder. I just call that <laughs> C, compulsive behavior. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a disorder. It is if you're doing it on the back of a bus. Uh, yeah, that's another story for another, well, that's not really a story. I wanked on the back of a bus. There you go, people. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Well, I okay. Wow, I just Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I always thought I, I'd like to marry a woman who uh, who was like that, but really easygoing with me making a mess. Mm-hmm. You can't have both, right? You can't have like well, this is very sounds very out of date, but you can't have a housewife who is very very clean and loves cleaning, but doesn't mind you making a mess. It's either someone who kind of is okay with you making a mess, but they're not going to clean up either. No, I think what you want is someone that's, you know, really clean, really organised, but is also well up for getting pissed. Right. <laughs> so kind or of, something that you can... Yeah. yeah, well up for getting pissed. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. That's kind of a highly strong thing. I mean, what we're really getting to here is our idea, our pitch, <laughs> the sitcom of the century, Wifebot. Wifebot, yes. More to come on that later. <laughs> Join Hieronymus Swash and Mamo on an exciting adventure in 40 Million Leagues Under the Sea, part three. I'm not sure I like this, boss. Why do you say that? I don't understand why these trapped scientists didn't try and get help from someone other than you. How dare you? I'm perfectly competent, thank you very much. I meant like the army or the state police. Well, they're probably very busy. There's a war on, you know. Isn't there? I imagine there is some form of conflict. Well, there you go. The army are probably training somebody else's police force they previously disbanded. Look, there's the blast door Dr. TV told us about. Believe in. I'll say. These doors look like they could withstand the blast from a wagon full of dynamite. Look, 
A porthole. What can you see? Nothing. Just the blackness of sea. No light at all. Well, that was pointless then, wasn't it? Just paint a bit of the wall black if that's what you want. Look, here's the override. Wait, we need to work out what we're going to do about the security measures inside. Security measures inside? Jesus, Mau Mau. You know those boffinous types. It's probably just a couple of lasers and landmines. Maybe a pressure plate with a machine gun. Intruder! Intruder! What the hell is that? De Destroy all intruders! Jesus Christ! It's a robot, boss. I can see it's Destroy a robot! The How do we intruders. turn it off? It's going to be upon us any second! Hey, robot! Fire over here! What are you doing, Mau Mau? Look! Crack the porthole! So what? So you smash it and use the water to short-circuit it. Short-circuit it? Yes! Robots are allergic to water! No! Yes! Destroy over here, robot! Shoot over here! Break, damn you! Come on, robot! Cease movement for lasering! Danger! Danger! We better seal up the porthole, Mau Mau. Quick! You get its legs, we'll block up the hole with this metal man's head. There! Got it! Good job, Mau Mau. But how do you know that robots don't like water? Are they made out of cats or something? That would explain a lot. So damn shifty. I just remembered the bath and dropped toaster. Ah yes, the case of the fried duchess. Come along, Mau Mau. Through this section, I guess. Keep an eye out for more technological skullduggery. What's that? Sounds like someone's behind this door. That isn't the way to the commander's quarters, boss. Enough geography. Someone might be in peril. Get ready to clunk another robot with that pipe over there, Mau Mau. Ready, Smash. Oh my. Hold it, robot. Damn it, Mau Mau. Can't you see? This is a beautiful flesh woman. Oh, goodness. Take no notice of my monkey. Kitty. Kitty Fox. I was trapped in here by that awful thing. I had no idea scientists could be so... so beautiful. Oh, you. Oh, my God. I was trapped in here. Have you seen the others? Yes. We have to get to the commander's quarters and stop that madman. Yes, that's right. Maybe Miss Fox should stay here. Nonsense, Mau Mau. I'm sorry about him. He's from the jungle forest and doesn't know how useful beautiful women can be in a tight spot. Oh, you're so brave. I mean, we don't know who she is. She could be working with the commander. Silence, Mau Mau. That's no way to speak to a lady. I wish no offense, madam. Oh, I'm so glad I was rescued by the Hieronymus Swash. Come along, Kitty. And you. Let's go. Join us next time for another exciting episode of 40 Million Leagues Under the Sea. So back in the studio we have Leroy Latop. Take it away, Leroy. Oh, man. We are home. Hey, there you in the moon, you fight crown, fight, fight the night, sky, more below me, hey ball, and the hand I leave, and the dawn I'll do, and the brother will, don't let you lose. This one's called Moment of Rest, Bert and Bert. Echoes of his voice ring through those moments when you lapse in consciousness and in being and touch an unknown ether, palpable to us since the dawn of time, eluding us until the vanishing point of our being. His name spoken in his unique tone, heard for a moment before sudden wakefulness, a whisper, a fragment, 
an entire conversation between you and he, muffled by conscientiousness. Your eyes drown him out, your eyes obscure him, your mind thinks him into non-existence. But he is, and will be, at some place, at some time, and as all things, real, somewhere. Ernie, Ernie, you think, you say, but you can't take it back, Bert. You can try almost anything, in this life or the next, Bert, but you can't take it back. And you will think of other things, and then hear a child's laugh, or the gurgling of water down a bath's drain. The thud of life, or not, will be your moment's rest. And that's from Dimitri in Naples. Thank you very much for that, Dimitri. So we're back in the studio, and we have the research in. It's, uh, it's come in. We know what Baby Sham is now. Baby Sham is a peri. Do you know what a peri is? No. No. Damn. <laughs> Join us next week. <laughs> uh, a peri is essentially a, a cider, but it's made out of pears. All right, okay. And Baby Sham was this, this pear thing that was made in the 60s or 70s. It was invented and sold. Um, and it was, you know, usually poured in wine glasses. And uh, it was fucking shit from what I've been led to believe. Right, well, that, um, there you go. I'm glad you kind of went off attention in the intro there because that, uh, that was not... That was not People need to know what Baby Sham is. <laughs> Fuck off. Most people probably do, which is we're out of touch. I, most people don't know what Baby Sham is. Most people have well, never we still heard got, of it. We've still got it up on the screen there. What have we got? For the Jamaican singer. I mean, this is a little bit... Uh, the Jamaican singer? What does it say there? What are you talking about? There's a Jamaican singer called Baby Sham. I bet she's not just a singer. But she dances as well. Oh, for fuck's sakes. What? Why? <laughs> Why? So, uh, we were talking about uh, neurosis the neurosis of Monk and the neurosis of his cleaning. Now, we both know that you do not clean yourself or others. Well, definitely clean. not others. No, definitely And I'm not others. that strict with myself, no. I have had a shit day, though. I'm very proud you of that. You had a shit today, did you say? I have many shits many days. But no, I, I had an actual shower today. Yeah. Right. Like a baby shower. Do you have any neurosis? I imagine you do. I used to know someone who, uh, you know this guy, he used to be a cameraman. And he would say that everyone's a little bit OCD. And he would say that because he would stack coins and things like that. Like he, yeah. he knew he had it, but he kind of made himself feel better by saying everyone has it. I don't have it at all. I can live in shit. And yeah. do. Yeah, I used to, I used to, I've heard so many people say this, that, and the other. Whenever they, they, they get a little bit neurotic about something, oh, I'm just a little bit OCD. It's just a little touch of my... Yeah. They, I don't think it's a just... disorder if you're just a little bit, right? No, 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 no. Because, I mean, they, they clearly don't understand what OCD actually fucking stands for. Yeah. Obsessive compulsive disorder. And what they're talking about is just either obsessive behavior or yeah. a little bit compulsive behavior. Right. But not to the point where it is no, a problem not... for your life. No, 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 no. I've never seen, like, genuine OCD in real life. But what, what I yeah. can... From what I can gather, it's a truly debilitating disease. Yeah, I remember reading about a woman, uh, like in a local paper, like it was someone I kind of vaguely knew. It was a woman who, um, the, their parents were inviting people, anyone who knew her, they were inviting people to her funeral because she'd killed herself by having showers 18 hours a day for like a year. And she's got like this septic Fucking thing, and yeah, Christ Almighty. Yeah, I mean that—that's obsessive compulsive disorder, right? Yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. that is nuts. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah, right. And that, yeah, that's what it is. Maybe that's an extreme, but it's stuff that gets in the way of your life. Yeah, it's not just going back and thinking, "Oh God, did I leave the 
Did I leave the cooker on? Did I leave the gas on? It's, uh, no, that's, it's that's, doing that's that like 20 times. Thinking, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I've yes, I've never seen it kind of in the flesh. I've only seen it like on TV, right. but not like anything presented as fact. It's usually fiction. But even so, some of the repre- representation where they're being quite earnest. And I and I always have to take it with a pinch of salt if it's American TV. It still looks pretty fucking rotten. Yeah. Well, what have you seen? I'd, one of the bits, one thing that really got me, and I know you'll fucking give me a slap for it, was in Scrubs, because they had Michael J. Fox come in and do a cameo on that. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was supposed to be, like, an, well, a surgeon that was OCD. And they, everyone was kind of praising Ooh, the... Michael J. Fox a surgeon, eh? Yeah, I know. That's a bit risky, a bit dicey. Yeah. Um, you know, because he's always going off on these adventures, time travelling. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's the episode is like centered around him and how he's a fucking hero and this, that, and the other, and how you know whatever his his disease is is probably beneficial to a degree. And what? Just like, Did you just say that him having Parkinson's is beneficial to a degree? No, in the context of the show, they they say that he's got OCD, nothing to do oh, with Parkinson's. Oh, I see. They, he's looking oh. really kind of jittery, so they kind of, I guess, kind of you. I don't know. I think they picked him for a reason. Um, but there was like one. There's like a shot where they kind of like see him for who he is at the end of the episode, and he's just they're looking through him through like a through a glass partition that he can't see, and he's just like going in and out of the room, like switching the light on and off to switch it off the right way. Uh-huh. And it's just it's quite a long protracted shot while he's just going in and out, like fucking sweating. Yeah, right. And it, I know it's a fucking slocky piece uh-huh. of shit TV show, but that's just one of those things that really kind of. One of the things I re- remember about that show is actually uh-huh. really kind of knocked me for six a little bit. And I'm not saying that's what it must be, but I'm sure... You know, the really sad thing about Michael J. Fox... Oh, let me rephrase that. You know, the really sad thing about me is Michael J. Fox is like 60 and he has Parkinson's and he isn't very well and he still looks fucking younger than me. <laughs> but what, <laughs> what about you? Do you have any neurosis? Because I don't consider you neurotic. But then again, I am on a different plane of neurosis. Mm. I, I'm not neurotic like um, Woody Allen, right? I'm not like, oh, do, 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 and like checking the door or anything. I'm neurotic on a really nasty, deep level. Mm. Okay, then, so you were going to talk about video games. I mean, I didn't, that was just like the first indication of like uh, neurotic behavior when I was a kid. I mean, like RPGs with like a lot of stuff that I would uh, uh, play, play through. over and over and over again. Yeah, but it's not just that. I mean, it will, I be essentially quite a completionist about a lot of things and would like farm things in like quite a robotic way kind of like maybe the best example of that i don't know if you played it uh would be minecraft yeah yeah, yeah. right like if for anyone who doesn't know what minecraft is it's i think it's the best-selling single game of all time or something like that like it's not the best-selling franchise but it's the best-selling game or so it's very, very up, it's, up there. Yeah, I mean, it's what it's been out for like seven or eight years, and people are still still playing, jizzing it. themselves over it. It looks like Lego, and essentially you can mine different resources like coal and mm-hmm. gold and silver and stuff, and you can build a house. There's no actual objective. Yeah, you just do it. You just fuck around. You just fuck around. But there's a huge but sandbox so. to do it in. Uh, but even so, I've seen people who created things which. Must have required some degree of obsession. Yeah, like they, I, mean, it, I, I even played it briefly, but that's that's the same same goes. When I would mine stuff, I would never do anything sporadically. It's like, oh, I'll see what's over here. Do this. Yeah, right. this and it would just be like in well these mass massive quarries basically, where I'd just be a huge, right. well, like perfectly square fucking area where I just harvest everything before I'd move on. So like a game where you could like an open world game where you could like explore, you wouldn't do that. You would just systematically go through mm-hmm. it. 
Right. I, I don't think that is uncommon at all. I know exactly what you mean. Like, I remember playing Fallout, and I didn't quite do it like that, but I did everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, I, you know, the funny thing is, is when I played those games, the best part of those games is just going in one direction and finding something unexpected and it being like a proper adventure rather than doing what you're doing. And yet I still would do what you're mm-hmm. describing. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't really mind it more as an adult because I've just, just I guess because like I'm, I'm, well, when I would do stuff like that, it's just, it felt like the most pragmatic way to do it. But I was more concerned, like, when I would do that shit as, a, like, a six-year-old, you know, it was, that's fucking weird. <laughs> you know, there was no kind of joy or sense of adventure. It was just... It's like with those big RPGs, you can get, um, like, a guide. Uh, they call it a strategy guide, but it's nothing mm-hmm. to do with strategy. It's just... Like it's not even the rules. It's just uh, like an explanation of exactly what, what to, to do. do at what time. Yeah, uh, you know, you just follow the rules. You don't have to think about anything. You just do it, do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't understand. Like, surely that just takes the joy out of a game. Yeah, but I'm, I, I guess there's. I mean, the people that make that stuff, and I fully understand that there are a lot of people that kind of think and play games like me. Again, I would say that. Yeah, that's quite obsessive behavior. I remember when I had to. Pokemon Red as a kid, I spent, like, it, I had a save file that was, like, 250 hours, and I had absolutely everything that that game had to offer. Right, on it, yeah. and you must have done, like, the same things. Most, oh, God, yeah. Most of that must have been actually just repeating. Yeah, not only that, I know I'd, I'd, I'd pinch my sister's Game Boy and right. like, with his spare copy of, like, Pokemon Blue and would trade, not with a friend, but amongst myself to kind of rack all this shit up. So you would, like, use her Game Boy as, like, a second account yeah. to yeah, harvest yeah. things. And the yeah, whole point was it was designed obsessive. to be kind of like, you know, social and that kind of stuff. But no, 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 no friends. And I would, yeah, do it all by myself. Jesus, yeah. actually, now that I think about it, that is pretty bad. Yeah, I, I guess it is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's pretty common, really. I mean, I think it's the same with you, isn't it? You know, nowadays, I don't really play games anymore because I just look at them and think, well, this is just work. Mm-hmm. This is just, you know, the same thing over and over, really. Once you kind of establish what the game is and you... You work out how it works, it stops being fun. Mm. And now that I'm not a kid, that's pretty easy to uh, do. No, I can switch my mind off. I, th- I, th- I find for me it's just a question of, like, um, I just get a lot of guilt and remorse when I play these things, you know? Because you play them for hours, right? I mean, that, they're designed yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to suck away hours. Skyrim was time. definitely the worst for that, because, Sky- like, yeah. six hours would melt, melt away without you fucking realising, and then you'd have to be like, holy shit, I was supposed to, like, achieve something today. Yeah. Or at the very least, run some kind of errands or do some kind of fucking chores. So you would just not sleep that day? Uh, like, oh, no, no, I don't really sleep. sleep. I just sleep in filth, you know? That's why, I don't, you know? <laughs> and that's why I am who I am now. Yeah, I mean, there are people who play computer games who, like, piss in buckets and things like that. Oh. I, t- I, like, I told you about the guy. Uh, there was a guy who I used to know uh, who, um, who was obsessed with World of Warcraft, which is a game you play online with mm-hmm. other people. Uh, and you... You know, it's like fantasy shit, right? And it looks fucking remedial. But apparently it's great. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but the, he um, he would play it and play it and play it. And he was part of this clan, uh, you know, and, and they were the top of top on the server and whatever. And um, when the new one came out, like the expansion, mm-hmm. uh, he played it for 20 hours a day. The only time he wouldn't play it, he would be eating or shitting And he would be complaining about migraines all the time, like flashing lights and stuff. And I think it was like flashing lights he would get when he wasn't looking at the computer. Like his computer, the computer now was what his eyes were used to. So when he would look away, that's when it would start to be painful, right? But the worst thing is, is uh, when he um, 
he was in the flat on his own. I didn't live with him, but I knew I knew him and I knew people who lived with him. He was in the flat over New Year's Eve on his own. And I asked him what, what he did for New Year's Eve. And he said uh, he got up, uh, left World of Warcraft at 10 to 12. Uh, he made himself a cheese sandwich, which he ate on the toilet. Oh, my God. This man sounds... And then when he, he got back to World of Warcraft, it was five past 12. Oh. <laughs> he spent New Year's Eve on, on the, the toilet, toilet with a cheese sandwich, yeah. man. And you know it was like it was just bread and cheese. Yeah, like those craft singles, that plastic cheese. I don't know if it was that. I don't, probably not. Squeeze cheese? Stop bringing people down with your cheese just because you love your shitty cheese. Oh, cheese whiz. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, that is kind of weird, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of weird. I, yeah, if like, you just cut out... Who the playing you, with? I mean... If you just cut out the world of Warcraft either side of that moment, I would say that would be pretty fucking dynamite. That's how I would do fucking New Year's. Yeah, this is from Damien, who one one New Year's Eve I spent with him said to me, "Let's power drink at eight o'clock." Started drinking three beers at once. <laughs> he was in bed by half past eleven. Yeah, yeah, that's the, uh, in your clothes as well. You were fully dressed and covered in quite a bit of vomit as well. I'm pretty <laughs> oh, sure. Oh God. Well, uh, there you go. On that note, thank you very much for watching The Boisterous Brothers. Be sure to check us out on YouTube where we we film all the stuff and mm -hmm. uh, the, the YouTube and the sort of ship. I've done that bit. <laughs> and um, if you want to download this, you can download it from SoundCloud. There's a link in the description. Uh, there's a link to YouTube in the description as well if you're not on YouTube. I'm not going to put a link to YouTube in the YouTube video. That would just be... No. Uh, I might as well do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You might get a couple of extra views. <laughs> Please there. click the link. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Guess. Stay fairly groovy, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't stay groovy, but not too groovy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't out groovy us. That's that's a good rule of thumb. I think. Yeah.